So welcome back to yet another exciting edition of Pointless Exercise. Uh, we, we have all three of us here. It's amazing. So Sam and Kyle are both here to join me as we're going to talk about the Cubs and other things. So guys, how's it going? It's going well. Doing great. Doing great. Good to be uh, back. Uh, good to have you back, Kyle. Andy, I would like a small opening rant. <laughs> we would okay. expect nothing less. <laughs> It doesn't have to do with the Cubs, but it, 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 I will tie it back to the Cubs. So I feel like in more than baseball, there's this perception that because the owners have a lot of money, they must be smart. <laughs> Today we saw Jim Crane, who I'm desperate to call Bob Crane, which would be a totally different thing if he owned the Astros. But Jim Crane, right? That's his name? It is his name, yes. Um, had a press conference and proved beyond a reasonable doubt that he is dumb as shit. And I just want everyone to realize that most of these owners, at least when it comes to baseball and running a baseball team, are dumb as shit. So as this discussion goes further, keep in mind, Tom Ricketts, no smarter than, than Jim Crane, probably dumber, and everything that happens to the Cubs this season has to be kept in that context. Thank you. Well, I would point out that Jim Crane made his money Tom Ricketts' dad made his. Made his money, right. So, yeah, you probably... So you didn't like the fact that he insisted that they were really sorry for what they did, but that it really didn't impact anything? And then he said it might have impacted something 55 seconds later. Yes. That, that press impact. conference is one of the few press conferences I've ever seen that was worse than what the Hawks did in South Bend in 2015 after the Patrick yeah. Kane rape allegation. Like, like, it is hard... To be significantly worse than that press conference, and the Astros did it, and you really have to hand it to them because, I mean, that's like exclu- we'll be talking about that for a while. But anyway, that's not why the people have called. You know, this is not an Astros podcast. But well, but I just wanted to get that out there. But it, there is, it did remind me of something. It was it was interesting to see a press conference where Dusty was used as a prop. <laughs> right. I half expected that Darren would come by to sit on his lap at some point. Just to distract everybody. Isn't Darren like twenty one now? Yeah, and he's like six three and <laughs> right. two hundred pounds. Is, sits on Dusty's lap and he can't find Dusty anymore. No. But you know you've had an unsuccessful press conference when Dusty is the one who made the most sense. Do you think Dusty has any idea what he walked into there? Dusty just wants he's desperate to win a World Series. He would have taken any job that he thought that was a chance. And he's really hoping he doesn't have to do anything. He can just sit well, there, and they'll win it, and then he gets then he gets to go to the Hall of Fame. In theory, he shouldn't have to do anything. I mean, that team is good. Do we know? I don't know if we know if they're good. Yeah, we don't know without the, without the tapping and the banging and the right. But they should be good. I mean, they, that division's terrible. So yeah, he shouldn't have to do much. But I, I look forward to seeing how he screws it up. Well, anyway, got, Kyle, got the- you're on an opening rant. <laughs> uh yeah it's gonna be absolutely hilarious watching dusty navigate that or it'll be hilarious watching him inevitably screw up that roster that he's been gifted out of nowhere really um <laughs> and uh, you know arms will arms will start falling off and it's probably a good thing verlander's on the, the very back end um and hopefully i mean i don't know i some 19 games of Joe versus Dusty could be entertaining because you got both ends of the spectrum covered uh, heavily there. 
I hadn't even thought about that. That's uh, that's going to be special for Cubs fans. Well, I mean, but Dusty's in the perfect spot because his center fielder can lead off. His second baseman can bat second. That lineup makes it, yes. that lineup right. makes itself out just for him. <laughs> just for him. They uh, <laughs> as soon as they get the Lenny Harris contract signed, <laughs> everything will be good. Dusty will be. Granky and and Verlander will throw seven innings, so he can he can just go to his eighth inning guy, to his ninth inning guy. He doesn't have to make it up. Although to be fair to Dusty in in Washington, he was he was much better with his roster management. He actually wasn't that bad, you know. Game five against the Cubs aside, um, but uh, yeah, you're right. His center fielder leads off second base, but it's like he'll he'll be right at home. I mean, all all we have to remember is that the last. The last game he ever managed, he had Max Scherzer intentionally walk Jason Hayward <laughs> yes. with two outs. <laughs> That's the kind of strategic brilliance that the Astros are getting. And no amount of spreadsheets that you put in front of him can stop that from scratching that, that itch from on occasion. And back we're when, in the biggest game of the season. Back when Cubs baseball was enjoyable. That was kind of the end of it. That was the end of it. I was kind of, yeah. Um. Yeah, basically, the, in, the indignity started piling up not long after that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. Although I, I don't want to keep relitigating this on this podcast, but the 2018 season is not a failure. It's just no, but not. it didn't. The last like it, the only reason it wasn't fun is because the Brewers went like 24 and one in September. Which and, has nothing to do with the Cubs. And yet, how's this for a segue? Had the the crazy delusional playoff format suggested by Rob Manfred, had that been in place, the 2018 Cubs go straight would to the NLDS. Straight to the NLDS, and Anthony Rizzo would have been on their show picking their opponent. Um, so, yeah, it looks better. Now. Boy, you'd take that season now, wouldn't you? Like if they won ninety five games this season and that happened to tie for first, you would call that a surprise. Well, Albert Elmora Jr. has a new swing. Uh-huh. So I don't see why they can't win ninety five games. <laughs> right. Does his new swing help him decide what's a curveball and what's not? No, he's still just gonna he's gonna use it on he's so excited about it, he's gonna just swing at every pitch. Like he's all just gonna, gonna, you're gonna get to see that swing well three times in a bat. Actually, just once, because he makes contact. He makes sad, little, weak contact. It's bad contact. Horrible contact. A lot of contact. Horrible contact. Uh, now I'm getting depressed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what what do we think about Rob Manfred's uh, crazy uh, – half the teams in baseball make the playoffs. So you have the three division winners and the number one wild card, and then three more wild cards – um, are we sure it was going to be in the three division system? I don't think we know that. Okay. And we also don't know for sure. I guess, I guess that would be part of it. It doesn't make any sense to have an unbalanced schedule then if you're going to do that. Even Absolutely. if you stay in the divisions, you, it's, you can't have, you, everybody has to play everybody approximately the same amount of times or mm-hmm. this is really a joke. Which, regardless of playoff format, I would not be opposed to moving away from the unbalanced schedule because I have had enough of seeing the Reds and Pirates a combined forty times a season. Oh come I, on! I, you live I, for I'm those. I live for those nineteen there. Pirates games. I, I I am I would be fine 
with the unbalanced schedule if the only three playoff teams were the division winners. Yeah. Um, but that is not ever going to happen. So, I don't know. I, I guess I'm with Joe Sheehan here. This felt like him, Rob Manfred, who we still don't know if he actually likes baseball, um, just kind of floating something out there to see how it would go over. Uh, remember years and years ago, they did this when they were going to break up the National American Leagues and every division was just going to be like regional. And, you know, the Cubs and Sox and Cardinals and Brewers and Twins would all be in the same division because they're all kind of in that stripe there and then everyone balked and we've never heard that again um i i don't i don't like it but i don't i'm trying to thread the needle here how do you have a fair playoff system while keeping the regular season regular season meaningful while keeping enough teams interested so no one so people can still draw crowds and i don't i don't think that's a needle you you can actually thread so this this system is bad, but I'm sure there are changes coming that will be like just south of this. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure part of it, part of the way they'll try to sell it then is with more teams in it late, the more um, interest fans carry late in the season, the more games that mean things. But you could have unintended consequences where maybe four of your best teams know they're making the playoffs in like June, June, <laughs> and they just coast down the stretch and games well, that should be meaningful aren't because they're 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 really only jockeying for one spot you're well, jockeying you kind to, of, to get the buy right you kind of have that now um the yeah, dodgers might actually this might actually exacerbate it you know, the dodgers right. the dodgers will clinch on opening day right i i think the intent well i the, we know what the intent is it's just to have more playoff games and more money the cover story is that you would have teams at the top of the standings battling for something and teams in the middle battling for something. So all your really good teams that would be at the top of a division or at the top of the league, if you just go to a divisionless thing, they're battling for that buy. They're battling to get the pass right in the division series. And then your third or fourth through tenth or ninth or whatever, they're battling for the other playoff spots so that you know you, you don't really have – you only have what <clears> – <throat> five teams per league that are just out of it. Because right now you have maybe – so they get five playoff spots per league and you you have eight teams battling, eight or nine teams battling with that. But your top three, they're, they're kind of – they're mostly in. There's not like a race. You know, they know they're going to be in. Just kind of what order they're going to be in. So I guess I see the idea of trying to keep multiple plates spinning, but there's got to be a better way to do it, I would think. Yeah, I agree with Sam, what you were saying about just it seems like they're trying to thread a needle through a lot of different avenues at once. And I don't, I think the biggest thing, I forget who had the take on Twitter. I'm sure multiple people, but I forget who exactly I saw it from. But you're just completely in this proposed system, you're completely devaluing a six month, 162, or not completely, but largely devaluing a season that's super long already. And I think like as many problems as baseball has right now in general, I think the playoff format especially um in this era now with the two wild cards is is almost perfect because if you're going to have divisions which we can debate the merits of divisions the two wild cards makes perfect sense because it it keeps value on actually winning your division so i don't know i think yeah there's some there's some greater realignment discussions to be had uh with the with the proposed playoff structure yeah i i I, I'm with you there like i i do like 
that there is a reward for winning division. You don't mess with the coin flip. I'd like to see that coin flip round be two of three or even three of five. Make them play every damn day. Yep. Um, so that like you're really tired by the time you get even into the playoffs. Um, right. So the, the way this one's supposed to work, those first round, the wild card round, it's best two out of three. But all three, if you play all three games, they're all at the higher seed. Higher seed. There is no travel. Yeah. That's yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> like I mean, like, but like if you 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 win a division and you're still dragged into that, right? Like you're only the top. Yeah, so only the, the top point? team. Yeah. So what's the point of having divisions then? Right. Just have American League and National League and seed at one through seven. Yeah, I think there's uh, enough division in America as it is. I think we should get very good, of, very good. That's well done. But um, um, you know, and I mean, we we say that about devaluing the regular season, but like the other sports don't seem. I mean, like hockey and basketball, like they're. But they don't. I don't know. They don't cling to this illusion that their regular seasons are are sacred. Know, yeah, only um, baseball does that. And and used and, to be college football. How'd you like to get lumped right. in with college football as your? And I mean, I think the flip, the NFL's regular season matters. I think their playoff system is kind of almost perfect, where you get something for winning the division, but there's always you know you're chasing a home playoff game, then you're chasing a bye or whatever. So, you know, if you could somehow emulate that, but like, you know, baseball teams are so terrified of having five days off, which they have now anyway. Some of those series don't start till Sunday or Friday, after the regular season ends on Sunday. Yeah. Um, so so and, you know that, that's the yeah I don't know. And under this format, with the lack of, there's no more tiebreakers. So right. that's how the 2018 Cubs would have automatically been in the NLDS because they won the season series against the the Brewers. So if you use that season as an example, those two teams had the two best records in the National League. So the most important game of the regular season would have been played on Tuesday, September 11th, <laughs> when the Cubs beat Milwaukee and got the um, got the tenth win against Milwaukee that season. They played for another you know three weeks, and none of that shit would have mattered really to either team. The Cubs would have known even if we tie Milwaukee, we're in, and the Brewers would have known, and the Brewers of course had to. They had to win, you know, every game anyway to do it. They would have basically known they were in. They would just be jockeying for which wild card position. Okay. So you could have some really weird. Yeah, know. and the and the whole keeping teams in it is has a very big chance of backfiring because we already have too many teams that aren't trying, and now you really would only have to put up eighty six wins. Well, last year the Diamondbacks would have made it with 85. The Cubs would have missed the playoffs by a game. Right. That dog so, shit finished the season. And they, and honestly, they, you know, they probably could have won one more game. They were, you know, easily. They could have they won were out of it more. and they were basically crawling to the finish. Right. So, you know, the idea, like, well, teams are really going to want to go out and win 105 games to get the bye or whatever. But, like, I don't. I don't think that. So, what happens if you win 104, you miss it by a game, and now you're playing three games at home where anything could happen? Like, yeah. So, like the the Dusty Giants would have, you know, the they won right. that was the, they won 103 games but finished a game behind the Braves that year. Right. And they would have had to have 
gone and played in the wild card. Did they play wild card game against, granted, probably some 84 win team that they should have smacked the shit out of at home. But they would have had the, but, they wouldn't have gotten to pick because don't, the two, divi- those? don't the two division teams get to. I don't have any idea. I'm pretty sure that I mean, there's a lot of picking. Yeah. The, I'm pretty sure that the division winner with the with the second best record gets to pick their opponent. Then the mm-hmm. other division winner picks theirs, and then the wild card team gets left with whoever's left. And then they do another when they when those teams all advance. Then the team See, with the best all, record this is all stupid. Like, they the, get to pick the, again. The idea of divisions is, is now just random sequencing, basically. Yeah, like, well, we. Be, we we won our division because we just happened to be grouped with these incompetent teams, and you won 99 games, but you just happened to be grouped with a team that knows what it's doing and won 103, so you're fucked. And it's like, yeah, I, I mean, like, the NBA seems to get it because they're, they've been slowly moving away from getting rid of divisions for a while now, and I think they're almost there. Uh, the NHL almost had it when they realigned – but then got the players union bitched. So, you know, if you if, if they went to just two leagues and figured out a schedule where everybody plays basically the same thing, probably involves getting rid of interleague play, which I'm fine with, or everybody plays everybody, either or. I don't care. Yeah, you can't, well, um, you can't get rid of interleague play until you add a team. Right. Um, or two, two teams. Yeah, two teams. Which I think they're going to do anyway, right? Uh, Charlotte and the Montreal Jonah Carries. Montreal uh, and gonna... Uzbekistan. <laughs> Uzbekistan. Um, They've got so... government money to build a stadium, and so that's all That's all Manfred needed to hear. Right. So I don't know how you do it, but, like, yeah. I could almost stomach this system if they just went to two leagues somehow. Um, but that's not going to happen. Or... Well, 30 doesn't divide by four, so I don't know how you do that. But um, I mean, don't you think at this point they're only keeping divisions to sell T-shirts? And then who really who buys a division championship T-shirt? Only the teams that haven't won a division in 20 years. I, can, I was about to say I could answer that question. Cub fans, <laughs> Cub fans used to buy them. <laughs> it's all we could buy in 84 and 89 and 03. Right. Well, but back then, winning your division yeah. was a big deal. Yep. Um. It's not anymore, really, which is weird. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't know. It, it's a stupid system. I don't think they'll actually go to it, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I know if they eventually go to something that looks like it. I know one family that would love it. Uh huh. Because I mean, it's clear. Rick, Tom Rick has basically said it at the convention that their goal is simply to be in contention every year. And really, he's selling the illusion of contention. So if there were seven possible playoff spots, they they could always let their highest-paid player walk, and they would still be able to sell the fact, hey, we can win the 85 games and be in it. They would love that shit. And, they would. And Chris Bryant would have been traded, you know, well, last year probably, because they could, because they'd still be able to make a plausible case that they were um, good. I've heard somebody say, well, if this system was in place, you know, the um, with all those playoff spots, the Red Sox wouldn't have traded Mookie. It's like, oh, they shit, would've. they would have given him away sooner because <laughs> right. they could still, they could still, you know, 
They would have been. They'd be in contention. They wouldn't be in contention to win anything, but they'd be in contention to go to the playoffs. Yeah, it's basically. I mean, there's no reason to think not think that it's actually just a conspiracy for these owners to give you a 75 percent product of what it could be. Like they don't. It's an excuse for them to not pay for a team that that has a ceiling above 88 wins because that's going to be good enough. To get you the postseason. Well, we're in the postseason. What else could you ask? Anything can happen in the postseason. Like anytime a wild card team like the Nationals, and that, this is any sport, hockey, but any team like a seven eight seed or whatever makes a run, it gives all these assholes justification to say, well, all we have to do is get in, even though that's not really true. Most of the time, the best team wins. Yeah. Um, so if you really want to have your best chance to win a World Series or a championship, you have the best team. But like, especially coming off of the year with the Nationals, who won what they win ninety two games, but were the wild card. People say, "Oh well, it's just about getting in. You don't have to win your division. You don't have to be, but you just just get in, and anything can happen. Uh, you, you you can end up facing the Cardinals and the NLCS because the Braves are stupid, and then you get basically a walkover, and then you get to set your rotation." And all that can happen, um, but that's that's a fallacy. But you can sell that uh, right now after the Nationals won, and that's that's probably what this playoff system is getting at. Yeah, and there will be teams trying to sell if they go eighteen and thirty-one to start the season. They'll be like, "See, the Nationals did that last year, and they won the World Series." Right, we're Don't still in get it. Back to five hundred. Buy some tickets. We know that schools. School isn't even out yet, and we look like we're out of it. But look, just last year, the Nationals went to the World Series with, with this record. Yeah, they'll right. they'll seize on the unlikely. As whereas, if you went back to the four divisions and the four playoff teams, and your team's done by July, people are going to be wondering, like, why? What are you doing to get up top? Like, you're going to have to work hard the next season to make us think you can challenge at the top of the division, and they don't want to do that. It's not really about the oh we're not going to draw anybody to see our shit ass team. It's that we don't want to do the work to make people come see our team. Yep. the The thing that they haven't talked about that I'm surprised. I love baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the thing they haven't talked about that I'm surprised is the idea of I really thought there would be a a push to move the trade deadline back a couple of weeks because. You know, they when they get went to the one true trade deadline, July thirty first. <laughs> the one deadline to rule them all. You had a lot of you know teams kind of stuck on the fence, and then yeah. there were teams that had the trade deadline being been August fifteenth would have made more trades. It it never made any sense to me that they eliminated the August thirty first one and they just left the July thirty first one where it is. Yeah. But if you go to this system where half the teams are going to make the playoffs, you'd almost have to move the trade deadline back at least a couple of weeks, if not a month, because. You'd have to. Otherwise, nobody's going to make a trade. No, they're all going to think, "Ah, you know, we're in it. Well, we're all you in might it. Get, you might get a handful of baseball trades where each team is trading from a strength to try and get what they don't have, but you won't get many of them. How much yeah. longer would the season be? Well, well it has to be shorter, right? Otherwise, but like if they if they kept it one sixty two, well, which I guess they wouldn't, but like in theory, how many more games? Well, like. Well, Pitchers and catchers would report on the 11th of February. <laughs> Opening day would be February 13th. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, because um, you would be adding. I'm sure they could. They would insist. Well, we're really only adding a couple of days because right. these are all three games and three day series. But they would clearly be staggered because for TV inventory reasons. So you'd have six series going on at once. So you'd start three on Monday and three on Tuesday. Right. But there's with no travel That's days, true. then That's true. what if they all go three games? You got six games and I guess they're staggered by a day. You'd still have three. I mean, three. I'm, I've always... But you'd have really days where everybody was playing. That would be kind of fun. Playoff, playoff series, which they never do because the TV should be just every day. Seven days in a row, if it takes, because that's that's how you'll actually have to see playoff games that look like regular season games. Because like yeah. you can't run your fucking reliever out there for three innings, two games in a row. Otherwise, he's not going to pitch the next two games. Yeah, he's not going to get that off day. You'd actually have to run it, but for TV, they never do that because you'd have even in the division round, you'd have four playoff games every day. Yeah. Um. But that's what they should do, but they won't. Well, anyway, speaking of that trade deadline, Mr. Dolan. Yes. And bringing it all back home to our once beloved and now tolerated baseball team. (laughs) So everything I read about the Cubs is that, well, it's most likely they'll be a little quiet now and they'll reassess everything at the deadline. And it seems like the Cubs are hoping they're out of it by the deadline so they can justify Whatever it is they actually want to do. I cannot see this team being out of it by the deadline unless there's a rash of injuries. Yeah. Because to be out of it. Well, here's what would happen. This is this is this is typical Cub luck. Okay. They're out of it, but they're out of it because Chris Bryant is out for the season. Jose Quintana is out for the season. Craig Kimbrell is out for the season. (laughs) Anybody who they were going to trade at the trade deadline is out and they can't trade them. And they're stuck with them. So they're not. So they're out of it. So they're not in playoff contention, and they can't rebuild on the fly in season because the guys they were going to trade are all hurt. That's what would happen to them. <laughs> but like, who's like, who's going to run away and hide here? I mean, everyone's like, you know, staining their shorts over the Reds, and they do look better. But they're not going to go from seventy-two wins to hundred and one. No, right. You know, and they're an injury or two away from being shockingly mediocre. Yeah. They're just kind of a that the team just looks completely slapped together. <laughs> like, right. oh, this guy, sure, get him too. It's a Jim. It was the Jim Hendry approach to a spending an off season. We know oh, that for a guy? fact the Cardinals hey. are not good. No, like we know this Cardinals team is just not that good. They're actually not <laughs> as good because uh, <laughs> even if he didn't like Marcel Ozuna, he's gone and they didn't replace him. Yeah, and whoever they're. Plucky young upstart who hit five fifty last year for six weeks. He's oh, going to turn back into a pumpkin. Oh, but they always have one of those, right? They got another. The Brewers are the Brewers are worse. Yes, the Brewers are than they were. Brewers are not good. That team is a mess. So July thirty first could roll around, and the Cubs could definitely be like three or four games over five hundred. That's it. Now I think they'll be a little better than that, but they could be three or four. But three or four games over five hundred in this division is not going to be out. And I just can't see them going to a fit. Like, say there's like three games back of whatever trash is leading the division. Three, four games back. Even five games. Theo Epstein is not going to stand in front of the press and trade Katana, Bryant, whoever else, if they're five games back. And like a game back in the wild card. He's not going to do it. He's not going to pull a Reinsdorf. Um, yeah, he's not so, going to trade Danny Darwin and 
Right. Wilson Alvarez. And... Wilson Alvarez and uh, was the other Fernandez was he part of that? Uh, it was the closer too, right? Thigpen was he in there? I, I can't remember yeah. who's. Uh, I know Mike Caruso came back in the in the in the. In the in, in... You made it all worth it. So I mean, I mean, to me, I'm kind of looking at spring training as like a finish line because we talked about this. Like, it, to me, as soon as Chris Bryant reports to Mesa, they're not going to trade him. Like, they're not going to make him do the perp walk. Yeah. If he gets traded in the middle of spring training, like, yeah, I, I agree with that. They, can't see it. The, basically, for them, the the preseason or the non July thirty first trade deadline for them is Sunday. Right. Basically, yeah. If if he comes walking in on Sunday, they're not going to immediately turn him around. They're gonna, not going to pull him off the field during workouts and go, I know you've always wanted to be a ranger. Congratulations. <laughs> right. Go, stay, go over there because, like, all the spring training facilities are all next to Well, maybe that's what they'll other. do. They'll just wait until they're playing whatever team it is, and they'll trade him in-game, and he has Try to, to carry him shit out. across yeah. the field. Yeah. Put him Chris Bryant waving here. goodbye to the fans. And it's live on Marquee because we're going to show every spring training game for some reason. Um, for some reason because people want that. Or as a kid, I was always look forward to the, you know, WGN would show a couple. And you'd be like, oh, it's baseball. And you'd watch like an inning of it and go, That's all right, I'll be back in April. That's you know what the point the point of spring training broadcast was to tune in to see the sun. Yes, you only that's turn exactly on you only turn on a spring training game so you can see a place that looks warm, and you do it for an inning. You're like, oh, that looks warm, yep. and then you go back to watching some midseason NBA game or whatever it was you're doing under your blanket, staring out the window at a gray, uncaring sky. That's it. But now they have this network. They got to put something on there for no one to watch. Well, now we'll have we'll have Mark DeRosa and uh, Ryan Dempster announcing it. So, oh good, that, that'll that, that'll be your draw. It's everybody on that broadcast except for Len and JD is on a timeshare with some other place. Yeah, and you could almost imagine that Tom and Crane are sitting in a room going, "Can we do this with players? Right. Maybe a way we could just share a guy. Like we don't need." You know, we don't need Bryant for every game. Maybe the Braves want him for half, and they can pay half his salary, and then we'll just take him for what we want. Because you know, even it, it surprised me. I, I didn't realize Mark Grace was still an actual Diamondbacks broadcaster. He's terrible. And so they're like, they may they had to say, well, he's back, but he's still gonna he's still gonna do work for Arizona. I say, well, that's, right. that's great. He's so and in like, demand. Nesson and Yes do this too, where their guys work for MLB Network or. Have national, you know, Eckersley's everywhere, and he's awful. I, I'm surprised they didn't hire him, um, former Cub, and all that. He's, but he's still marveling over Kyle Schwarber's home run onto the video. Board. Right. <laughs> I mean, I just don't. I know that I know why teams, but it's like, who really is going to tune in for like an hour and a half post game over some game in June? Well, and like, I how much are you going to break it down? Like, whatever. It's a it's one baseball game. Who cares? I mean, it didn't surprise me that they added a bunch of halftime people so they don't have to give them health insurance. But, right, right, right. Um, it really surprised me that they're going to rotate these stooges through the broadcast, too. I mean, I could see, I mean, you've, they've got all that tonnage. They, they've got a, they could have a three-hour pregame and a three-hour postgame if they want, not that anybody would watch it. So they're going to need a lot of people to be talking. 
But I don't yeah. know why you screw up the one part that everybody is comfortable with, which is so you wait, know are they, they doing like a third man in the booth. At, well, apparently only sometimes, and then they said that that might that guy might only sit in for a few innings. There's I said, well maybe Lupinella comes wanders in for the fourth or the sixth. That's like, how he managed. <laughs> <laughs> wake wake Lou up. His shift is over. Um. It just doesn't it doesn't make any sense. And then um Len said, you know, part of the reason they brought they hired Chris Myers basically because literally because Bill Murray told them to because they're apparently buddies. So Chris Myers is going to do some he's going to do some studio work, but he's also going to actually do play-by-play in some of the games. And they said, "Well, this will give Len a chance to do more national stuff because he really is kind of limited how much he can do, which seemed great." But then Len told Bruce Miles that he might actually sit, fill in for Pat sometimes on the radio, hmm. which says to me, Len just wants to do all the games and they're going to make him take breaks on TV. And he's just going to wander over to the radio booth, which will be nice. Cause then Zach Zaidman won't be able to right. then say, yeah. gag on his yeah. tongue for three hours. Right. But, you won't have Zach Zaidman or uh, the bears guy coming over to fill in for oh a God, game. Joniak. Joniak. Cause he's bad at baseball oh too. So that, that's fine. Um, yeah, gives, I don't. Joey I, gives the down and distance in baseball just as much as he does. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm at a loss for words here, and <laughs> honestly, like I don't. The, the whole network just seems like you know they've been supposedly planning it for years, and they sure clearly they weren't because uh, they must have looked up and went, "Oh shit, we got to hire all these people." <laughs> uh, if they were planning it for years, they wouldn't have done it. Well, that's, like, if you were that's literally exactly planning this for years, you would have looked at this and gone, wait a minute, this isn't nearly as profitable as it used to be. We might want to back off this. Well, they weren't going to do that because Crane's sole existence since the day the Ricketts bought it was this. That's the only reason he's still there. Uh, this illusion that this was the like guy the, who was going to be able to set this network up. The minute they couldn't get all the money up front guaranteed like the Dodgers did... Because no one can see Dodgers games, and the Dodgers don't care because their money's locked in. The Dodgers do not give a shit that half of L.A. can't see their games. They don't care. Right. The minute the Cubs couldn't get that, they should have backed off of this. Right, because... I mean, mean, maybe it's slightly more money or even a little more than that than if they'd stayed on Comcast. I don't know what the actual numbers are, but if, if they were playing this for years, it would look a lot different than it does than this. Well, and unlike the Dodgers, who get that money regardless, the Cubs need this is just the way they are. They're worried about not being on being carried on Comcast because that's revenue they're not getting. They need that they, money. They should be worried because it means sixty percent of the city of Chicago won't be able to watch their games. They're more worried because they don't really give a shit about that. They give a shit about the fact that it's coming directly out of their wallet. Right, because unlike the Dodgers, who they apparently their rights come, Time Warner pays the Dodgers, and then it's Time Warner's responsibility to distribute it. And of yep. course, they distribute it to themselves, but they had a hard time distributing it to anybody else. The Dodgers don't really give a shit because they still get that check every year. Where the Cubs are, S- Sinclair is simply a middleman in this, helping them negotiate these deals. And if you don't get the deal, you don't get any money. Right. Yeah. So. And, like, the minute that was the problem, they should have abandoned this and, and tried to negotiate a sweeter deal 
with NBC, which they probably could have gotten. They yeah, they could have. They could have big time the Hawks yes, and Bulls right. and White Sox. And I mean, they were tired of being a quarter of that. Yeah, but they could have barged their way into being closer to half because they bring the audience. Yeah, and Until- they wouldn't have had to worry about any of the overhead. <laughs> They don't have to hire the talent. They they have to hire Lennon JD and that's it. Right. And and one of the things that's gonna that complicates the Comcast thing is not I mean, we we know the thing about in typical Cub fashion, they're negotiating against a, negotiating with a company who owns the other regional sports network in town. Right. Who has an ad, added incentive to like, hey, maybe maybe if they can't watch Cub games, they'll start they'll watch watching the White Sox. Sox games. But even if you I mean, put that aside, which is it's a real thing. Um, God, I lost my train of thought. This is how well. Oh, uh, one of the problems they have is that it's very common in these negotiations. So they, they worked out the deal with DirecTV. They worked out the deal with Mediacom and Cox and all the little guys. Whoever these people are. Um, it's very common that all those rights sit at a certain level unless one of the other partners comes in at a lower per subscriber amount. Then the Cubs have to honor it with everybody. So say they got their four ninety nine from DirecTV, unless they can get four ninety nine from Comcast, they can't keep it at four ninety nine with DirecTV. If Comcast plays hardball and says, We're only gonna give you three bucks, the minute the Cubs sign that deal, they have Not to honor that with subscriber. DirecTV. Just so they, three bucks. Here's three bucks. <laughs> so that could be a that people are like, wow, they're gonna you know Comcast will make them sweat, but by opening day, they're going to have this all worked out. It's not that simple, because Comcast no. can really hold them hostage and say, we can fuck up your deals with everybody else. Yeah. And, and we're the competition. Yeah, it's just, it's amazing that they got themselves in this. It's not amazing. They got it's not amazing, it's, because as I started this podcast with, they're dumb as shit. Crane Kenny and, and Tom Ricketts and all the Ricketts, they're dumb as shit. And they'll get away with it because everyone's going to go to the games anyway. It really is magnificent when you just think of, in this day and age, the Cubs have screwed up. Part of it not their fault, part of it their fault. The TV thing and uh, not being able to play night games, essentially, (laughs) on the level (laughs) that other teams are. In, In 2020, you know, here we sit and the Cubs are playing every single Friday afternoon because they can't get a deal with their their city and they're about to completely screw up their long-awaited tv deal it's it's so perfect and i remember thinking that maybe you know after the world series around and everything we'd finally moved on at least to some degree from you know mind-boggling stupidity at every turn and and here we sit no there's more of it yeah and really now there's is. greater stakes to it because you've given everyone a taste right of what it could be so, and should be. So, Kyle, you're saying it's abnormal that a franchise has to call Lori Lightfoot and ask her permission <laughs> to have an extra night game? That's weird. That's oh, weird. God. I mean, it's so stupid. Like, we've again, this is this is something we've talked about. Like the idea that they can't play Friday night home games. Yeah, that neighborhood's a zoo on a Friday night in January. Like, so how much worse is it going to be if there's a Cubs home game? It's just not. And uh, the idea that, like, Wrigleyville is this quaint little neighborhood with a bunch of little old ladies still walking their tiny little dogs, it's such bullshit. It's yeah. a giant frat house. 
Well, and it was where do where do all the Big Ten grads move when they graduate? They move to fucking Addison and any of those side streets between Broadway and Clark. Well, and when was it the the cute little genteel neighborhood? Because when I was a kid in the eighties. It was it a was, bad neighborhood. Yes, it was a shithole. You were <laughs> yeah, the reason that you were glad they didn't have night games was you didn't want to be there after dark. Right. Then it turned into then it got completely gentrified. But it was it hasn't been a quaint little thing since World War II, probably. <laughs> right. Back when Swish Nicholson and Phil Cavaretta were running around. <laughs> Just admit what you are. Jesus. I'm getting angry again. It's another yell fest. <laughs> Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit really about there's two new rules that I think are somewhat interesting, but okay. So the, the, the one that gets the most talked about is the three batter minimum. So a relief pitcher comes in, he either has to pitch the three batters, doesn't have to get any of them out, which is perfect for the Cubs or <laughs> the ending ends. And then you can switch. I, I, I should know what, the, I mean, I guess I do know what this is, but What's the penalty? I, yes, exactly. I've if been wondering you, the same thing. If you go to try to take him out, they just don't let you. They and then he has to let you. And then he has to stand on the mound holding the ball like the coach's kid for the Yankees and Bad News Bears, <laughs> and just everybody scores, and then he gets to finally leave. I mean, I. Well, it's yeah. I. It's an illegal substitution. It's a technical foul. They get, somebody gets a couple of home run derby hacks, and then the game <laughs> resumes. I. I kind of like it, and I'll just say why. I'll just for this reason: the idea that there was a handful of guys out there whose job, their job, was to throw like twenty-one pitches a week because they're the Louie or whatever is ludicrous. <laughs> I mean, it's just utterly Wait, ludicrous. So you didn't like watching Tony Fasas. <laughs> right. Go so out like, with a walker and throw sixty-five <laughs> mile an hour curveballs right. to one hitter, and then come try, come wandering off the field. The so reason like, I like it is because this was a fucking Tony Larusa invention, and now it's gone. That's why right. I, I like it. And I also last year Joe was there asking Joe about. It. He's like, oh, I don't like it because it, uh, it takes strategy out. No, it changes the strategy. It, it doesn't take any strategy, strategy out. In fact, it probably adds more. You have to look ahead and go, all right, I'd like to bring him into this guy, but you know. Yellick is on deck, and I really don't want Jeremy Jeffress facing him, so I can't right. go to him now. I got to go to somebody else. Yeah, I've I got to figure I, out. I think the rule is, is fine. To... I don't think it's really going to. I don't know that it's going to change. I don't know it's going to cut down a lot of pitching changes, but it, it does. Not... It certainly changes the strategy in a way that should be interesting. It's going to change things, but not as greatly as they probably think it will. You know, I mean, it's not gonna it's not gonna get rid of closers. Closers pitch a full inning. Eighth inning guys pitch a full inning. So, I mean, it'll change. It, you'll notice it in the playoffs, I guess. You'll notice it more there. But it it should not be a big deal for a major league reliever to come in and face three. Like that just should not be that big a deal. Um, and uh, and I I don't think it will be. I guess the one spot thinking about it more that you might see it come into a little bit more effect is if you have a starter go relatively deep into a game, like say they get through six and then they run into trouble in the seventh before getting anybody out. That's mm-hmm. when it, that's the, when it'll get the most. The, right, the, yeah. And then it's like, okay, I can't, I can't just 
piece this inning together to get to my eighth inning to get to my ninth inning guy. Right. Right. But, if well, he if he walks the first two guys, okay, now I have to go to a guy who can get who can just get me out of this. Right. Well, no, Sam, say it the way it really should be. So when your boy Dylan Maples comes in and walks the first two, <laughs> walks he's, first three, he's got a pitch to the third guy. Yeah. But maybe that's when he figures it out. <laughs> like it's, 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 I'm gonna I'm going to like, credit it to the rule. I'm telling you, Andy, if Dylan Maples finally figures it out, like this is a 92 win team. Like I mean, he's that. He, there's that much potential. Like I, there, you watch him, and you're like, God, this guy could be the best reliever in baseball. That could be that could be the, your your punishment if you violate the three batter rules. Dylan Maples has to come in. <laughs> Dylan <laughs> Maples has to come in, and you have to leave him in there like till he gets out of the inning. However many batters that is. Well, I think we talked about this last year because one of the questions: is, What happens if if a guy gets hurt? You can you can bring in anybody then. And my suggestion was if a pitcher gets hurt and has to leave before his pitcher was three hitters, that just like in basketball, when a player gets hurt and can't take free throws, I want the opposing manager to get to pick the pitcher who comes in. I would love it. Here's, here's baseball somehow embracing the idea that we're going to let teams pick their opponents. Why not let opposing managers pick the guy who has to come in? Well, and did they attach a rule to it where if you leave before your three batter minimum is hit for injury, do you do you have to go on the DL? That's a good like question. Because there, yeah, there what should would, have to what be would some stop kind a, of what would stop a guy from calling you from bullpen? Like, hey, yeah. after you get this guy out, I want you to start grabbing at your <laughs> hammy. Yeah, they'd all be they'd all turn into Al Chervik and say, "Oh, my arm but, is broken." Oh, my arm. Then Doctor Beeper comes out. And what goes, that could what be would a stop a team from doing that? Do you, is an independent doctor come out and be like, "Oh no, he's fine"? Like, what? What's going to stop that from happening? That's a good question. Because, like, if 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 you are pulled before you meet your minimum, unless you're a starter, if you're if you're a reliever and you're pulled before. You, like you should probably have to automatically go on the DL. I would guess that the Astros today probably had fake fake a hamstring injury practice for all the pitchers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now I don't know if you noticed this, but they also they changed the rule back. The injured list for pitchers is back to 15 days. I right? actually like that because they were gaming that. Well, everybody but the Cubs. Everybody but the Cubs. Yeah, the, the a million guys in that front office. None of them could figure out how to. You know, the, the Dodgers did it from the second it started, where they were just the, shuttling the guys to will... Albuquerque and the disabled list and whatever, and the Cubs are like, huh? Oh, the pitching lab didn't tell them how to do that. They also changed the rule, though, that if, if you send any player down, maybe it's just pitchers, I think it's, it's pitchers only. If you send a pitcher down, you have to wait 15 days to bring them up now. The 10-day yeah. thing is gone. Yeah, I think it only pitchers applies to have, position, pitchers have 15. position players. Yeah. Position players are still 10. Because they play every day, conceivably. Um, that's good. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I think I'm a big. I'm also. I think the best rule change is the September first rule change. Yeah, well, where it's 28, 28 man now, roster, right? yeah, limited to 14 pitchers. Because that actually impacted actual division standing. Because the Brewers gamed that system. Oh God, yeah. Where they, this is a big reason they have had such huge Septembers. And hey, it's within the rules. Fair play yeah. to them. Yep. Um, the Cubs would have done they, it, but they didn't have a surplus of pitchers who could get people. Right. Out. So, so they're like, well, we're gonna have we're gonna have a twenty man pitching staff, and we're gonna have some Palooka come out here and maybe throw thirty pitches to start, and then we're just gonna roll it out all month, and it worked. 
but that's not that's not that's not how it, the game should look. So I think it's how, I think that's a really good rule change. Do we know how often you can change that roster? I don't because if you can rotate because if you can set a new one every day, oh yeah, then it's not really going to change things. More than gonna... you're still set, you're still on the same. Where I, I imagine if you got, move a guy off it, he has to be off of it for ten to fifteen days, right? You would have to, otherwise yeah, you would other, just rotate yeah. your your. That right, day otherwise every off. every non every starting pitcher who wasn't that day, they just wouldn't activate him that day. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's still off of your forty man roster, right? It's still everybody. Right. Um, I mean, there, but, there'll be some gaming in it, but like, it's not going to be what we what we've seen yeah. in the past. But unless there's a provision for that, then you basically have made it a thirty two man roster because. You you could easily clear up four spots every day by just that day you deactivate the other four starting pitchers. Yeah, and then the next day you activate the one who's pitching and you just keep rolling. Maybe, maybe there's a rule you can't deactivate your other starting pitcher. The Cubs couldn't do that because they'd need John Lester to bunt, so yep. he'd have to stay active all the time. It's always John Lester's turn to bunt. <laughs> Rossi, we don't need him active today. Why he might I might need him to bunt? Like, oh, for fuck's sakes. So, so yeah. As we were discussing, if this Cubs season is one where they have a cardboard cutout of Tom Ricketts and every win they put a piece of clothing back yeah, they put on him, back on him. <laughs> I was thinking about this today uh, in line at Potbelly's, where I clearly do my best thinking. Hmm. So, the Red Sox trade of Mookie Betts is nonsensical in a lot of ways, but it's nonsensical. Also, the best time to trade Mookie Betts would have been. Last winter, when he had two years left, because that's when your value is higher. But they couldn't do that because they had just won the World Series. Yes. Well, apparently the the Dodgers tried to get him at the deadline last year. Right. Which also would have been a better time to have traded him. Um, If you were going to do it. But Dave Dombrowski's like, fuck that. I'm not going to trade him. And then he got fired. And (laughs) Right. So if the Cubs... If you're a Cub fan and you want to see Chris Bryant at least make it all the way to through the free agency here, they basically – I don't know if they have to win the World Series, but they have to make a playoff run. Like, this team lost to the Dodgers in the NLCS in, like, six games. Then you probably can't – you can't trade Chris Bryant off of that, could you? Or would that be like, oh, well, we'll never catch them. We might as well blow it up. Like, what would – you know, like, how, what's what would it take for them to be so embarrassed by trading Chris Bryant? They win the – they win the pennant at least. Mm-hmm. So they have to they have to beat the Dodgers to be embarrassed to be yeah, ashamed. Because you're right. The, the excuse they would use is that look how far we are behind the Dodgers. It's clearly more than one person. We need to restock right. our team. Blah blah. All that bullshit that they would trot out. But yeah, yeah I mean the thing the I can just imagine that you know when Theo lays out the strategy to Tom about you know. We're not getting the offers we want. We might as well hold him until the trade deadline. That the thing Ricketts fears is that they're going to be in it then at the trade right. deadline, and they're not going to be able to trade him. And they're going to be in it because they're really, according to if you know, you look at all the it's variables, but they're basically about four million dollars over the luxury tax right now. So it shouldn't be that difficult to get under it. But if you're in it, who are you going to trade off the roster right. that's worth four million dollars and not hurt your chances of actually winning? You're not well, going to do it. So you're just going to have to stay over. The only way they can do it is if, A, Tyler Chatwood is good as a starter. Right, and then they can trade Quintana. And then they can and trade Quintana for something cheaper but useful. It's 
it's it's really according to Sport Track, it's like three point six million or whatever. And um, well, you need some wiggle room under if, that too, right? Yeah, for bonuses and bonuses or insurance. I love where they always throw in insurance. It's like, wait, what? You don't know what you're paying for insurance before the season starts? Are we, right. are we charging by the MRI? Is that why the Cubs won't let wouldn't let Javi find out that his foot was fucked up because they didn't want to they didn't want to pay the luxury tax on his MRI? They use it all in moral. Right, <laughs> that's true. Well, they hit the deductible with him, and then everybody's free after that. That's why they brought him back. He's great for the health insurance. Um, but Daniel Descalso and Albert Almora's salaries added together are almost exactly what the Cubs are over the luxury tax. <laughs> you can't move either one of them, but if you could, you wouldn't have to make any other moves. You could just roll in with this team and I try mean, to win. I have to believe because he's, whatever we say about him, and I think he's in a very strange position. Theo is not stupid. There has to be some sort of break glass in case of contingency plan where it's like, okay, we couldn't, we couldn't just trade him to trade him. Like we couldn't find a deal that we could justify in any way for either Brian or Contreras or whoever. So here's what we can do in the middle of the season. If we're in it. Yeah, there has to be. Cause there has to be. because if it's even, it's actually worse. If they just keep the roster as is, and go through the season, like, oh, we're in it, cl- we're close enough, we're not going to make any trades, and they stay over the luxury tax, then why the fuck didn't they do anything to make this team better? Oh, that's that's the worst-case scenario, I think, and that's very realistic, too. That the, Well, that's that exactly win. what happened last year. Yeah. Right. When, yeah, go over the luxury tax to win 84 games. <laughs> right. I mean, if you're over, go over. You know, I mean, like, be over. Right. Yeah. Um, well, and we've pointed out before that they the, will probably there's probably some plan to send Jason Hayward to Zobrist Land for like six for four months, so his salary doesn't count or whatever for that Jay, year, and then you're fine. Jay, how's your how's your wife? You yeah, right. along? I don't want to start any rumors, Jay, but we've heard some things. They need to get Hayward's wife to sleep with Zobrist's wife, and then they can send him. Um. Anyway, I well, I, I can't, I can't, I can't talk about people's wives. That's what got me in trouble with the score. But, um, but I mean, I don't. There's, there's got to be some plan where, like, they, you know, they bounce to Scalso, and they have to include like a low level A prospect, which or is something. all they have. So that makes which it is, easy, right? Which is all they have. We'll, we'll trade you one of our lesser prospects. So here's the list of everybody. Just pick one. Yeah, I mean the absolute nightmare scenario is that they, they can't get below. They compete, but they don't get into the playoffs. Yep. Um, so they pay the tax on a crap team, and then well, I mean, am I next wrong? year all kinds of money falls off the right falls off do, next year. Do you think this team's going to be bad? No. I mean, I don't. I, I just. It's. I mean, I can see where it would happen, but I just don't think it's the most likely scenario. Yeah, I think. I'm not saying it'll be great. No, if reasonably healthy, they should be in the they should be in the race all year. Absolutely. Right. If if like the one thing like they need a couple things to go their way, right? But like the one thing offensively they need is they need Ian Happ to hit. Yeah, because pretty much everywhere else, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. Now I don't know if Ian Happ's going to hit. Sometimes I wake up and I think he's going to hit. Sometimes I think I'm like, no, he's not going to hit. Well, that's but Ian's the same way. Ian's the same way. But if he hits. You've got one of the better lineups in the NL, non-Dodgers yeah, division. Yes. 
You're going to score a ton of runs. You probably have the second best lineup in the National League. You very well might. I mean, who else yeah. is going, you know, Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, Schwarber, Contreras, Contreras. Nobody. You know, like, if half hits, for... if half hits, you can make it up at second base for as long as you want. As long well, as everyone stays healthy. They got Jason Kipnis now, so what do you what Oh, do you of course. Need? Right. You can get your 240 he, whether you need it or not. And I complain about Jason Hayward enough. I don't understand. The only way the – only, the only times he's ever discussed being gotten off this roster is, is in a trade with the Rockies for Arenado, which I, is just wonderful that the, Rockies, that, that the Rockies would even consider that. We'll get to that. But like if you if you keep Jason Hayward not batting leadoff and only hitting against right-handed pitchers, he's at least representative. Yeah. He's not a black hole, right? Yeah, his numbers. He, anytime you start him against a left-handed pitcher, you're wasting everybody's time. Yes, <laughs> especially because his, he's not going. He's just mine. not going to hit him, and it's not like he's going to hit. It's not like he's going to have a low batting average. He's not going to get on base, and if he does hit the ball, it's going to be a single. It's the, the numbers. The, the numbers just show that, and there's just no reason not to. And of course, so his platoon partner <laughs> right now. is going to be a guy who has is on one leg. <laughs> Wait, who do we think his platoon partner is? Steven Souza Jr. Oh, right, who might not even have one leg. Well, he's got one, I think. Right, he's got the Maybe. one Schwarber used to have. <laughs> right, and you're going to have to play Schwarber against lefties, which is not. Ideal, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I just like if they if they think, oh well, we can, we we're just gonna have the stamp pad here, and we can revisit this in July. There's nothing to revisit in July. There, yeah. there, there's so little chance they'll be out of it, unless yeah. like, unless like some like the Reds or the Cardinals just have like a fifty and twenty five start that no one sees coming. Yeah, well, they probably do because even. They've had some years where they were terrible, and they would get off to that. They'd get off this ridiculous start, and then by the end of the season, you would have forgotten that the Reds ever, right? Because in 2016, right, they were the only team other than the Cubs to have spent a day in first place, and it was later than yeah. you think. It yeah. wasn't like April 1st. No, it was like in May or something, right? right? And then they realized they were the Reds, and things went. Then they went away. No, I mean, if it, it's weird, I mean, the Cub lineup has all these. All these ifs in it. So, like, if David Bodie can hit left-handers, then Hayward's platoon partner can be Chris Bryant. Right. Or Schwarber's platoon partner could be Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant. I mean, there yeah. are ways to do it without having to play those guys in lineups where they just shouldn't be starting games. Yeah, I mean, they, they really need to stay healthy, which they didn't last year. And they have no depth. And the, the bullpen could be anything. Like, I mean, the bullpen could literally be the worst or the best unit in the National League and everything in between. It could, it could, it could be all of that. Wow, yeah. I mean, the, you put those guys in the pitch lab and woo! <laughs> right. But, and it actually, actually, because I've shit on him so much, it would not shock me if Brendan Morrow comes up and is great. Like, he, like he, he yeah. has a bounce back here. I, mean, it, well, I think it's as simple as if his arm stays attached to his body. He'll be good. He's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean... They said like, the, the few times he could throw last year when they're like they started to get excited that he was back, they're like holy shit! And then the next day he'd be like, yeah, my, I can't lift my arm. I I can't I can't drink my coffee. I can't. I tried to take my pants off again, and now I've thrown out my back and my elbow. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm just laying here naked in the right. closet. Would somebody call my wife? Anyway, well, you wanted to get to the 
Arenado stuff. Yeah, because I... According to our pre-show meeting. Yes, which we really should let people listen to the pre-show Oh, yeah, meeting. it's it's really better than the Better than that's the where, That's where the gold is. Rehearsal yeah. is much better than the real thing. So the rumors are back again that not only are the Cubs and Rockies at least having chats about a Nolan Arenado trade, but Nolan, who has a full no-trade clause, wants to play for the Cubs. And has basically told his agent that. Like, that's yeah, nice of him. I'd like to play for them. Um, well, who wouldn't? Well, I think once you've been here a while, maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe you get added to the list. Um, so he he has an eight-year, two hundred and eighty million dollar contract with the opt-out that's that pays thirty-five part. million dollars a year until twenty twenty-four, and he can he has a full no trade, and he can opt out after the twenty twenty-one season, so he could leave at the same time Chris Bryant was going to leave. Does it work in baseball the way it does in hockey? If you waive that no trade once, isn't it just gone? You don't have it anymore? No. You get to... You get to keep it. Yep. Guys who waive their no trade, um, their no trade, it's, if it's in your deal, it's basically you can't get trade without your permission. So you don't, right. have, to, you don't have to give it away. So it's a different kind of clause. It's like a... Right. It's like a... So if he said, yes, you can trade me to the Cubs, he comes to the Cubs, they'd have to give his permission to trade him anywhere else. Again. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, if the trade was Chris Bryant, and I don't know why the Rockies would do that, I don't know it's why Chris either. Bryant and Jason Hayward for Nolan Arenado and some cash, plus, I'm sure, a fine Cubs prospect or two. <laughs> um, I don't know why the Cubs would do that. Right. That's a terrible trade. I don't, I don't understand what that would solve. I mean, obviously, it's the Cubs the get. Here's what the Cubs get. They get out from under Hayward's contract. They get Arenado, and they are just under the luxury tax. Even, and, But I'm sure they'd make the Rockies would kick in. Even the Rockies didn't kick in a penny. The Cubs would be You'd just under the luxury tax. Well, the funny, I was trying to explain this to a Sox fan friend of mine. He's like, I don't understand. He's like, I thought the point of trading Chris Bryant, if there was one, was that he would get younger and cheaper, which Arenado doesn't do either of. Right. Um, Arenado's contract for luxury tax purposes is 32.5, right? This year, yep. Um, well, it's 30, It's it's yeah. throughout the rest of the deal. Every year, yeah. Oh, that's right, the average. Yeah, the yeah. average, so, yes. the AV. 32.5. So they'd if be a they, little... If the, if the Cubs thought Bryant would sign for 32.5 a year, he'd be signed. Right. Um, so you'd be getting – I don't want to shortchange Nolan Arenado. I think he's a really, really good player. And he's better defensively than Brian. He's just not as good offensively. Mm-hmm. You'd yeah. be getting a slightly worse player for a – you know, that locked-in rate. Yes. And you say, okay, that's what we're spending here. Um, you'd never have a single go through the left side of your infield ever again. Um, so I, I guess I could see the certainty of it. But like Brian, who's going to go to the open on the open market, Brian's probably going to get forty million a year if he stays healthy the next two years. Um, that, and that has to be what the Cubs think because that's why they just they've resigned themselves to the fact that they're not going to resign him. Well, that's a stupid resignation. Yes, but I think that's why they've <laughs> like, done it. We've but done, we've been somehow somehow the fan there are a lot of fans who get themselves that they that he doesn't want to stay and he won't and they can't sign right him. there's some lingering bitterness as if 
his grievance wasn't dreamed up by Boris. Right. And he just signed off on it. Chris Bryant doesn't have a thought in his head. I mean, I love the dude. He's the best cop I've ever seen. But come on, he's an idiot. He doesn't have anything to say. You don't like he the fact know. that he answers. He starts his any question he gets asked. The the first word he always says is yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Every time. Yeah. And it got him in trouble during the Addison Russell thing. He doesn't even know he says it. It's him as he starts to think. And they're asking him all these touchy questions about Addison. He's like, yeah. And they're like, what? Like, what'd I say? Right. You weren't weren't agreeing that that it's great that you have a wife beater on the team? Yeah. Oh, no, no. (laughs) I I mean, yeah, it's the Midwestern yeah, no. Um, Yeah, there's never, ever been... Any whisper of him having a, like, he knows they tried to screw him like they do. Like, every organization tries to screw every young player. Yep. But I don't think there's any misunderstanding between him and the front office. I think they all know what's going on and what they're trying to do. And, and I, you know, I, he, well, he if, even if he had a problem with that, he clearly loves his teammates. Yes, and they've actually, the Cubs have actually over, well, they didn't overpay him. When they, when they had the automatic contract renewals. They gave him a lot yeah. more than they needed, than they had to, which right. they should because he was giving them incredible production. But if they really wanted to fuck him over, they could have. Yeah. They could have been paying him nothing for those years. And they were setting records for, you know, the whatever, like his pretty, third pretty year contract or whatever yeah. was the highest in baseball history and his fourth year one. So they at least, you know, so I, I, I can't imagine he has all that he's really that. I don't think he's smart enough to hold a grudge. Yeah, I, I unless there's there must there must be some the like Theo and Jed and every major league front office must have some inkling of what the next CBA is going to look like because like this idea like well we'll never afford him well you have no idea what the luxury tax system is going to be in 2022 yeah you don't have any idea so it's well, like well we can't we can't pay one guy forty million dollars and afford it well you don't know first well, of all it, you can because you have more money than God. And as crazy as as fans seem to think salaries have gotten, baseball salaries really haven't. I mean, 15 years ago, A-Rod and Manny Ramirez were making upwards of $20 million a year. Mm-hmm. And you right. would if by back then, they would have said, well, by 2020, everybody's going to make it $40 million a year. Well, nobody is. One guy. The owners have somehow managed He's to... He's the greatest player of all time. Yes. He's... Um... um you know, salaries haven't sky, and if they have, they've only gone on the very best players. So this whole, all, we all know that the owners crying poor is bullshit. Yeah, revenues are have, have continued to gone up. People make a huge deal out of the fact that well, their national ratings aren't great and blah blah blah, but they still get a shitload of money for national TV rights. The the Cubs, of course, managed to wander in just when local TV rights, which are still good and still, you can make more money selling sports locally than just about anything else but they're not as big as they had been there is no there's no lack of money for these owners to be divvying Uh, until an owner actually opens his books for everyone to see there's no reason to believe anything they say no it's just like we know it was complete bullshit when rickett said that the cost overruns on the wrigley renovations were 100 percent yeah okay show me yeah prove that to us and then maybe and if that's true if that's true who's fired yeah, Crane is still because, around. Right. That was supposed to be like, his if, project. If you were redoing your kitchen and some guy quoted you, oh, it's going to cost you fifteen grand to redo your kitchen, 
and then two weeks later, he's like, actually, it's going to cost you 30. You <laughs> punt his ass out on the curb before he was finished giving you the estimate. You're not doing double. You're just not. Like, it's ridiculous. No, but you'd have to pay it because you're, you're, uh, you've got a Pearl Jam concert in your kitchen coming up in two right. months. You've already sold tickets to it, so you just you got to just suck it up and pay it. Well, I, I mean, I, I got tickets to Guns N' Roses at Wrigley because I felt like I had to. But, um, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't – I'm not – I just – you know, Andy, we, we, we've been talking about this all winter, and I've been writing about it all winter. I'm just not going to accept, you know, and, and Bleacher Nation and Brett, who does a great job, he can break down the numbers of the CBA all he wants and try and explain it away. Until they show me where they can't have a three hundred million dollar payroll, I'm just not going to believe they can't. Nope. Like I just, I just won't. Like, no, and like, I, I need to see the books. Like the I, thing I'm I was sorry. struck by was that the penalties, even in the even if you were a fourth year repeater, are not as bad as I thought they were. I had, no, and, I, and I, I, they had successfully boogeyman me too, where the luxury tax was like, well, you can only stay over for a couple of years, and then you start. I, for some reason, I thought you lost draft picks. You did other stuff, international slot money. Yeah, I guess you do some of that. A lot of down. Your 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 first round draft pick drops ten spots, and you have to pay a shitload yeah. of tax. But you also had a really good team, you know. I mean, nobody, right. and so you, I'm sure you made a shitload of money. It's just I, the owners have clearly we. One off season where they they threw a little money around somehow ended all the collusion talk, but the collusion is clearly in them all basically agreeing to not go over the luxury tax, and if you do, try to get right back under it. That's to right. me, that's the, the baseball. Throwing, that's owner collusion is the way they all handle that. The teams throwing around the money are the ones not in danger of going over the tax. Right, I mean, uh, except the, for the Yankees. Well, the Yankees care. and Dodgers, but they got under it before they went. But over they it. both they had both reset, recently, and the Dodgers so are they, under it right now. Yeah, they won't go well, over it until they'll be able to sign Mookie because that's when they'll finally go over. If they want, they yeah, might, they might they not decide, think they have. Oh, to. We don't need him, and we don't have to pay him thirty-eight. Well, they don't here. They didn't. They didn't need him before the trade. Right. Well, you never know. Uh, Bellinger might run into the wall and. His head right, pops over it. Bellinger will have an overdose of the date rape drugs he keeps at home. Um, um, yeah, I don't. I mean, until I like Craig Edwards did this on Fangrass after the, the the Mookie trade, where he went through everything that Bleacher Nation had gone through and pointed out that in the long run, for these taxes and avoiding the taxes, really the Red Sox save about twenty million dollars. Now, twenty million dollars is a lot of money to you and me. It's not a lot of money no. to the Red Sox. No. What their real savings is that their payroll has gone down forty million at least this year. Like they're yeah. their savings with those savings are saving like sixty million a year, but almost all of that is the payroll they're not paying well, David that... Price and not Mookie Betts. Yeah. And that I think that was either article, maybe there was one in God forbid in the ringer, where they equated that if if you did the math based on John Henry's net worth the $20 million he saves is the equivalent to someone whose family is at the median income in the United States, 360 bucks. Yeah. So he traded Mookie Betts to save $360. Now, $360, hey, man, that's a new tattoo for me. I mean, I'll notice <laughs> that. But, like, that's not a lot of money. No. Um, and it's fun. You know, hey, hey, I'm a Liverpool supporter. If he wants to commit all his money to Liverpool, that's fine with me. You go right ahead and do that. Fuck the Red Sox. That's cool. I mean, I just fear the day when he comes comes looking for the bills from you know my team. Um, but the same with the Rickets, you know, and, and, and the Cubs. We know what they're worth. I mean, the Cubs are worth now what three billion, right? Something they bought them for yeah. one, and they're probably worth three now. 
So if it was such a burden to own this team, well, then sell it and, and profit $2 billion. Yep. I feel like I asked this a lot in baseball, but how on earth did the Players Association possibly ever agree to this? Because they're run by an idiot. Yeah. They, they hired Tony Clark, who is not a lawyer. They they voted him in as a head, and they got too concerned with having, like, single rooms on the yep. road. Yeah. And, like, spring training comforts and, and charter flights or whatever. Well, and they bought the bullshit that the luxury tax threshold would somehow – they basically were assured, oh, don't worry about it. Teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers, they're they're not going to care about going over. They've got all this money. But uh, we set the threshold at this level. There will be other teams that will be able to spend up you know, close to it. And it just doesn't happen. You've well, got what a kind few, of idiot, what kind a, idiot sets an upper limit without having a lower limit? Yeah. Like, the problem is, and, and, and this is where I could sort of sympathize with John Henry, a little, a very little, where he's saying, well, I pay all this money into this revenue sharing fee, you know, for, for spending on my team. And then I watch the Rays pocket it. Yeah. And I watch yeah. Pittsburgh pocket it. I'm just giving, I'm, I'm not paying for them to have a competitive team. Well, the Cubs pay into it and they watch the Cardinals somehow get a competitive right. balance pick every year. Yeah. Right. So on that level, you could see like, you could see where you just be like, well, fuck this. Like I, I, you know, I'm just. Why don't I just write this guy a check next time we're playing golf, you know, instead of going through all this? Um. So with like negotiating, well, we're gonna have an upper soft limit, but not have a lower soft limit, so that we at least know these teams have to spend up to this to keep everything competitive. Was asinine, and that has to be a part of the next. Yeah, there has to be CBA. a floor. I would have to. I mean, the, it have to be. it's funny. The NBA has the salary floor, and no when cares. the and when the Sixers were in full tank mode, um, <laughs> are those all your dogs? No. Okay. I those are not. It's not sound is not coming from me. Okay. That, there was a uh, there was a fire truck that just oh, went, oh Kyle. okay. That's Kyle's broadcasting <laughs> from the fire escape. Apparently, when it's four degrees outside um so during the uh sam hinky tankathon the process the sixers were below the salary floor and their players were all excited because to get to the floor the sixers were going to have to write all of them a check right and then um but the nba didn't want them to do it the nba basically made them trade for somebody to add the salary and then all the players were pissed off when the guys showed up because they literally took money out of their pockets. <laughs> but the NBA didn't want to actually set the precedent that anybody had actually had to pay the players because they were below the floor. Even the NHL figured out to have a salary floor. And the NHL is the dumbest league in the world. So, um, but, you know, whatever. So, basically, we're waiting to get to Sunday. We have to get to Sunday. Yeah, it's so like, okay, can... if they get there, the Cubs can't really do anything galactically stupid. When... If Chris Bryant sees his shadow at Sloan Park, there well, will I mean, be, there's four months of competitive baseball at Wrigley Field. So the Arenado rumors were colored to, to say that, well, they're just trying to drive the price up on the Phillies and Nationals. But it's like the Phillies and Nationals don't have anything. You can drive the price up on them all you want. They don't have if, – if, no. if they gave you the top of their systems, it's not enough. Like, and the Braves might, but the Braves don't need him. No, 
the Braves are favorites to win that division anyway. Like, how does – you know, what they need is their their idiot manager to not believe in home road splits in the playoffs. So, I just I – just, unless the Braves knock their socks off, which they, I, would have happened already, uh, the, I don't – the Nationals and, and Phillies just do not have – if they make a Chris Bryant trade with either of those two teams, it'll be bad. Yeah. And you should be upset. And you should not watch this team anymore. I mean, when you—that's uh, you, dear listener. I'm addressing you directly. If, if Chris Bryant's a Philly or National, do not watch the Cubs ever again because it'll be a bad trade. Yeah, because apparently when the Cubs talked to the Nats, the Nats said Victor Robles is off the table. Right. It's like, wait, what? Well, first of all, he, should, he was supposed to be the minimum. He's supposed to be the guy we put in to start yeah. the deal. He was that, not the cherry yeah. on top of it. He's supposed to be the given. Yeah, it's like you go got to start there. with him, and now give us something. Give us something good too, because he's right. not. A, he's not close to enough. Here come more pieces with him. So yeah, if they if they do a trade, they don't do a trade. Your favorite tweet ever. <laughs> if they do a trade with Philadelphia or Washington, that is a straight salary dump. Yeah. That is not about restocking your system. That is not about getting younger. It's not about extending your window. That is about we don't want to pay this guy, so we got rid of him. Yeah, that's and that's what happened with Mookie Betts. And let me—I can tell you this right now: Alex Verdugo is going to wash out of Boston in about three years because Red Sox fans are going to hate him. Oh, oh yeah. and he's all—they're—they're um, already not sure he'll be ready for opening day because of his back. Right, because non-white players in Boston who have hustle issues really go over well. How about the fact that they, because of Gatterall's elbow, they redid the deal, and then the Red Sox didn't get. Either of the best <laughs> right. players in the trade. Yeah. They got Jeter Downs though. He's got a name that makes it sound like he's he's named after Derek Jeter. So he's got Yeah, he'll good. go he'll go over well there too. <sighs> so you just you just you just watch that happen. Fun time. Red Sox, Red Sox fans are still not sure they liked Manny Ramirez. <laughs> Only when he would go into the scoreboard during pitching changes to whiz. <laughs> right, exactly. That's when. They, uh, that's when he was one. That's of them. when. The, that's when he was one of them. So, anyway, is that all? Yep, I think we've beaten this as as much as we can. Yep. Be- beaten what? Logic. <laughs> okay. To death. So yeah, so it's uh, it's good to have him back, I guess. Um, Indeed. Some baseball, even if it's just. Guys playing catch is better. When, than when's the first? When's the first spring training game? The next Sunday, twenty second, right? Yeah, yeah. We Saturday. It's also Saturday. the the premiere of Launch the Marquee, Marquee Network, oh, which right. none of the three of us will see. Oh, I get it. <laughs> I, have direct, I have Direct TV. Oh, you have Direct TV. I, I can okay. watch it. No, so party, you can party in Dolan's basement. Then. Yep, you uh, can. Yeah, right. You can analyze spring training games by yourself because Kyle and I will not see them. Or you can just stream them to us over Google Hangouts yeah, or whatever. Saying, I'll, just right. I'll for... spin the laptop around and you guys can watch <laughs> that way. It'd be great. <laughs> MLB will be beating down your your front door. For... I, I don't have I don't have uh, permission for authorized <laughs> retransmission or rebroadcast of yeah the accounts I mean, of that game. If I were interested in watching every Cubs game and YouTube TV does not pick up Marquee. I mean, I'm not going to live through the season because I'm going to have to keep going to the bar with DirecTV yeah. to watch the Cubs. I'm going to I'm going to spend the entire summer drunker than I usually. Am. <laughs> I'll be I'll be right there with you. All right, 
All right. Well, uh, I'll keep you guys. I'll keep you guys informed with first-hand accounts. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. <All> right. <laughs>